Welcome back, everybody. Episode 7. Man, we made it this far. Really can't believe it. I didn't think we would make it this far. Especially after how many times I got yelled at for drinking a beverage. Well, lucky number 7. Let's get started. Tell us, what the fuck's going on in the world? Well, I think everyone's been talking about this Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul fight. I saw a bunch of videos. I didn't see the fight itself. I'm not a big boxing fan, but because it's a YouTuber fight, uh, there's a lot of buzz around it. And for the last three months, everyone has been talking about it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't realize that that fight hadn't happened yet because, yeah, there's so much coverage around it for so much time. Like, um, I was listening to, what's this podcast? Flagrant. Yeah. And they had Dylan Dennis on there. They had Logan Paul on there. And I wasn't invested until I heard the one with Dylan Dennison. And I'm like, man, I want to, I just want to know, right? Like, what is, can this guy back up all the shit he was just talking? Spoiler. For three hours? He cannot. <laughs> okay, I, this is like really annoying to me. And uh, this might come off as a rant, but I'm just like very triggered from rant this, right? Rant away, bro. Rant away. So I saw his post-match interview with Pierce Morgan. And uh, it's called Pierce Morgan's Uncensored or something like that. And uh, man. This guy is just cocky as fuck. Like, oh yeah, what did he say? It was blatant that he was just trying to get himself disqualified, right? He lost six rounds. And then he... So on the sixth round, when he was losing again, there was supposed to be uh, apparently... Like, you know the ring, the bell that they have for ending the round? Yeah. It was supposed to happen. And he tries to do a jiu-jitsu move and uh, got disqualified. Yeah, he tried to grapple uh, Logan Paul, I think. Oh, no, it, I, and the fight was six rounds, right? Like, so this would have ended the match, anyways. I, it was like it was supposed to be like six or eight rounds. I yeah, think I think it was, it was eight rounds. Round. Okay. Eight rounds, yeah. But the thing is, again, there's a lot of controversies because it's just some people say that Logan Paul wouldn't have succeeded because he was getting like he was always on his back foot. He wasn't actually like a constantly hitting. He wouldn't have been a KO, right? Oh, I see. And then the other side is like Dylan Dan. Uh, the Logan Paul people are saying that if you look at it, he won six rounds and then this guy committed something illegal. And if they would have like rung the bell, then this he would have lost this round as well. And then we would have gone into round seven or eight or whatever. But my whole thing is, who the fuck gives a shit about them? Because both of these idiots just suck. All they do is just talk a fucking big game. And I'm not saying that I can fight them or anything like that, because that's stupid, I can't. I am like half their size. But Dylan Dennis this whole time, even on Pierce Morgan's thing, was like, these boxers, they just can't fight. They just can't fight. This is post game after losing. Dylan right? said this. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. He's like, you know, if they come to MMA, if they, if they do jiu-jitsu, uh, like, you know, where jiu-jitsu is allowed, MMA is basically open, right? Yep. So I would take them on. He's like, I could take on Muhammad Ali. I could take on all of these legends. He's like, yeah, okay, it's super well, easy. But like, I'm like... I think that's kind of stupid. To be the like, whole thing is To stupid, be like, oh, know? yeah, like in this thing that they haven't trained for, I got it. You know, in MMA, they have some sort of boxing training or some sort of boxing... Well, just not boxing, but base, like some sort of a fighting experience, yeah, right? The, the base sport, I would say, is probably more like boxing and wrestling, right? Like, it's yeah. just the base, like, yeah. uh, fighting style, I guess. And so it, it's weird that, like, it, it's just weird hearing that, that kind of shit talk because you just lost a fight. Whether you threw it because you you didn't want to actually lose and got yourself disqualified, so you can say, hey, they didn't let me fight the way I wanted to fight. Yeah. But you knew when you signed up to join a boxing, boxing game. Ring. No, that, I, and Conor McGregor kind of trained you for that, right? Like, that's your homie. That, yeah, that's he, your guy. He kept yeah. sucking his dick the whole time. Like, 
I think it's wild that like this this whole match was not serious. If you if you saw the footage, if you saw the match, it was not serious. I think for Logan Paul, this was a way to once again put his name out there and then promote Prime and promote all of his other brands. Right. And you know, just keep up with the YouTuber boxing thing that he's been doing. Which is also and something then, that I think is kind of stupid. Yeah, we, we talked about this on the first episode, yeah. remember? And it's and it's interesting because it's starting to come out to being it's more front of mind now because yeah, it's blatantly obvious that I, I now I'm questioning: Does Dylan actually hate Logan, or is it just it's just no, it's just I, for the fight? So, like, I think what I was saying was that, and then for Dylan's side of things, this was a way for him to actually get some clout and then have a career. Because if, if you look at his like overall record in the MMA and stuff, he didn't have like an MMA fight. He fought. He no, was he was. A, he won a couple of titles in jujitsu. In like jujitsu, he, yeah, that's he, he's not pretty a, he, good at jujitsu. Like he's a yeah, good fighter. That's not the MMA like, style, yeah. but it's not MMA. Yeah, yeah, it's not. So he MMA, was, he was not good enough to go to the MMA. This was a great way for him to again market himself by shit talking, trolling. He's gained millions of followers from yeah. this. People know who Dylan Dennis was because before this, I didn't know who the fuck. I, I didn't he was. know who the fuck. I was. don't think for him it was a matter of winning or losing. I think he didn't care about this fight at all. I think for him, the reward was what's leading up to the fight, which was the publicity. The, the reward was the money, so it was it's well, blatantly clear. Well, well look, hold on. They don't make that much money in these fights, they, do Yes, they? they do. Yeah? Yeah. So they, he on the, on the Pierce Morgan show, he actually said... So, okay, let me okay. give you some backstory yeah. here. I think... Um, there was a time when Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul kind of met up, and I think they did like a lie detector or some shit like that. I don't know; it was all stupid. Um, uh, wait, this is still on the Pierce Morgan thing, or before this? No, no, they did it before. Are you talking like, about the face-off or like the like where they talk to each other on across the table or whatever? Yeah, yeah, whatever that yeah. was. Yeah. So the the deal was, if Dylan Dennis loses, then Jake, or sorry, Logan Paul would have whatever he, uh, Dylan Dennis made from that fight, and if Logan Paul loses, I forgot what what the scenario was but irrelevant right because he didn't win so uh, dylan dallas lost but then at one point in i don't know whichever interview it was logan paul was asked by dylan dennis that would you do this fight uh, in in like a jiu-jitsu format like an mma fight with me if after the boxing match yeah whatever the outcome is and logan is like hell fucking yeah i'll do it that's a stupid fucking move no 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 but like this is a stupid <laughs> thing right so now dylan dennis lost so pierce morgan is like all right we got you this big check for logan paul uh what's the number that you i need to fill in here yeah. and are you gonna give all of that money to him because you lost right that's your they gotta give you a purse base and he's like no 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 like you know i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna do that and then he goes about saying oh we're actually probably gonna contest the fight how do you contest six rounds of losing i i don't fucking know how, how does that yeah, work like, he's like, about <laughs> to contest something that happened i don't know he, and and like one of the things was like oh yeah i tried to give you a like you know grab him but he was uh, he had vaseline on his head and shit like that i'm like dude stop stop man you're like like game is over yeah, like, just i think like, he's fucking, one of those people that like has to like say shit and has to like there's always a reason he's got to be right yeah yeah there's always a reason yeah. so like he, he kept doing that and i think uh pierce morgan kind of like and then you know these guys like these reporters are really good pierce morgan is like a industry legend right so he he kind of got it out of him it's over a million dollars Oh. Like a little over a million dollars. Yeah, That's what course. he yeah, earned. Yeah, yeah. So Dylan Dennis is not going to give that up. I don't think no he's way. worth that much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he's actually worth around $3 million. So a third of his net worth. Yeah. He's not going to give that Cut up. There's no yeah. fucking way. No, no and chance. I, that's the thing, right? Like he did this to be known. He's gonna. He like. He did a press tour pretty much before this fight. I mean, where he, he went, went after podcast to podcast. He went after uh, Logan Paul's girlfriend and like just so he could be a troll. Yeah, yeah. And 
that was some I mean, lot a lot of smart, shit that was a smart said. move. I mean, it, it, it's what you got to do when you don't have that presence anywhere else. And he goes about saying that, oh, uh, Logan is a horrible promoter. He didn't promote shit. I did everything. I had to do the heavy lifting. I'm like, yeah, you did everything by tr- like literally picking on his girl, regardless of like, you know, yeah, whatever like affairs or whatever yeah. shit that she had is irrelevant to the fucking fight. Pierce Morgan said something really cool. Uh, and I'm going to go away from the Dylan Dana side real quick and then move over to the logan paul side wait you were supporting dylan with all that no 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 like <laughs> yeah it's this a shitty a- camp to be a part of <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. this is a conversation no, from I'm what kidding. i uh, uh this is a conversation Switching with dylan sides. dennis yeah, so yeah, yeah. basically so what dylan dennis was saying is that he's the you know master promoter right and he didn't do anything but a interesting point that pierce morgan brought up is that or at least someone tweeted is that if someone was a real boxer in a real game was shit talking another real boxer's wife or fiance and just doing all of this crap this wouldn't actually make it to the ring there would have been a street fight and one of them would have been dead because oh, things get serious clever. real boxers get fucking serious yeah, 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 yeah. they're not gonna be fucking uh taking shit for promotions yeah right oh, yeah and uh i mean yeah. that's what happened with um uh, khabib and uh, conor mcgregor right so there, there was lots of talks in their face-offs and whatever everything about like conor was like i'm gonna make you drink after this fight you're gonna lose and he said stuff about like his religion where he's from and stuff Khabib beat the shit out of him and, <laughs> and like there's like this video of him like you know when he's beating the shit out of Connor being like make me drink now or like you know oh, talk shit. this shit now oh, shit. and he's getting his ass whooped. like he's being bloodied on this goddamn octagon floor yeah because like with like you said with boxers and fighters this shit doesn't fly. Like, yeah. like, like, think about it. Do you think someone like and this happened frequently? Not frequently, but this happened during the time of Mike Tyson boxing, right? His his daughter passed away, and like, do you think anyone in their right mind <laughs> would ever looked at Mike Tyson and, and said like, shit about his daughter? Da- yeah. Oh my god. Or Floyd Mayweather, like, like uh, Floyd's daughter is going through some stuff with some rapper or whatever. No one would dare to say this because it's real out there. This but, is a YouTube fight. Yeah. But see, the thing is, okay, there's two different types of boxers there's boxers who go after uh their bloodlust and like they will like beat the shit out of you they just want to fight 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 and they'll like they have that raw energy right and then there are fighters who play it super smart and they know the game they know they know the reaction time of every single punch they know th- they have they're very skilled yeah, so but, but this is taking it outside of that right like yeah. it's like it's like oh this is a thing that i that i'm fighting for and this it whether it be clout whether it be whatever but then the moment you bring something external to all that into it it becomes a street fight right like it, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, let's be real it's a very physical and <laughs> like very like grueling sport but it's still a gentleman's sport right like there's things that are off limits yeah and if yeah. they're if they're brought in you're gonna get your ass kicked. like See, like floyd and um pacquiao like mayweather and pacquiao right that was a big fight that was like one of the mm-hmm. biggest fights of generation like they were really good in their like they were very established in their own field with like undefeated or close to undefeated records right and like there was an actual like intensity there but after the fight they were fine like they respected each other it was a gentleman's sport like when they yeah they, when they saw each other all right so going back to the logan side of things right I saw his one-hour podcast post-match about everything that happened. And the way they do their stupid podcast, or at least the way this guy was trying to do it, was kind of annoying. You guys know, yeah, have you guys seen his uh, podcast? Logan's? Uh, no. Impulsive. Yeah. Impulsive yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I actually watched them a lot during the pandemic when they were opening, like, Pokemon oh, cards. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So Mike, who is his buddy on that podcast, one of his crew, he acted like he was asking the tough questions and he wasn't going to let Logan have 
you know, any space to like uh, wiggle out of it. But then Logan would say something and then he would be like, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that's totally, that makes total sense. Yeah, that you did the right thing. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I mean, it's his boy, right? But then why do, why act like I'm asking the hard hitting questions that the world wants to know and you you can just answer me? I, I think that's a friend's thing, man. Yeah. I think that's just like a friend's He's thing. Like, around, man. You have to, you have to like try to ask these questions, but you're not gonna like grill your boy <laughs> well okay. so fun tidbits i found from it so two days before there was a <laughs> exhibition or just something where they come out to promote or say hi or bye to each other probably vain probably the way in and face off yeah face off face off that's what it was so this is what logan says that hey i didn't know that uh dylan had a mic in his hand and i had no clue and i tossed a bottle of prime to dylan and uh, you know it hit him <laughs> Shit. but i didn't see the mic yeah. so dylan's reaction is he threw from his other hand he threw the mic at yeah. Logan's Logan, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I and saw that. it nicked him. So he's like, he made it seem like that was like the biggest thing that could have happened. The trauma of it. Like, yes, he was bleeding. I'm sure he, he could have been concussed or something. But like, he made it he seem con- like. I don't think he was concussed. No, no, no. You, ca- you could get concussed from that because those mics are heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my favorite part was um, Logan Paul's like, you know, we're going to catch this predator and we're going to show the world, like, you know, what kind of a predator or whoever he is. And then he brought Chris Hansen out. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, Chris Hansen, and Yo. to help me catch this predator, I'm gonna bring out my good friend Chris Hansen, and Chris Hansen comes out on stage. <laughs> what are you doing here? What are you hey, doing? He actually said, he's like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> he said like his key phrases and stuff. Yeah. And then Dale Dennis, like, to respond to all that, he's like, fuck you, Chris Hansen. And then like after Chris Hansen leaves, he's like, I'm gonna beat Logan's ass, and I'll beat that bitch Chris Hansen's ass too. <laughs> <laughs> The entire time, I'm like, why do you want to fight Chris Hansen, man? In Logan's defense in this, uh, not the Chris Hansen part, that's just stupid and wild. But, that was fucking hilarious. Uh, the mic part, you cannot go in with open injuries because that could like a, a couple of punches and he's bleeding out all yeah. over the fucking right, floor. Right, right, right. Right, so you can't go into a match like that. They could have almost canceled the fight and maybe that's what Dylan wanted. I, I was going to say, just all signs out. are pointing towards he didn't want to actually fight. He yeah. just wanted to talk that shit. And uh, just overall, I mean, Logan himself admitted that he's still not sure if he wants to be in this sport full time. He likes his passion of WWE. So he's and even during the interview, uh, like right after the game, he was promoting his, that Rey Mysterio, I'm coming after you. And I'm like, bro, Dylan, you're, what? Dylan said this? No, no, no. Logan, um, oh, Logan, Logan. Logan Paul. Yeah, okay. he's uh, he's big in oh, WWE. Okay. But this brought up like a good point that I mean, these content creators, most of them fight people who are not real boxers. They they're fighting people who are from like MMA fighters who are turning boxers or something like that. You know, like I. It's kind of difficult to... For most of them, I do agree. But I one person de- that I genuinely think is boxing well is um, KSI. Like, he was mm. fighting uh, Tyson Fury's... Uh, or uh, Tyson Fury, right? Tyson Fury, yeah. Yeah, and, like, who is the son of a professional boxer. And, like, his opponents have been mainly boxers. So you mentioned KSI. Uh, KSI just lost his first game so against the Tyson Fury Tyson guy. Tyson Fury, yeah. yeah. And... That was pretty big on KSI. And KSI is one of those fighters that kind of goes for that bloodlust kind of a thing. Mm. He just fights, fights, fights. There's like, you know, I'm sure he has technique and all, but, you know, it's just very so tough. So it's actually Tommy Fury. That's what I'm... Okay, yeah. yeah I, 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 Tyson Fury is his father. Tyson Fury is like the acclaimed, like, boxing legend. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Tommy. Okay. Tommy, okay. yeah. So Tommy Fury. Yeah. I think Jake also lost against him. And I think they want either... 
uh, Logan to take up to uh, take him up next. Tommy or, Fury. Yeah, Tommy Fury. Okay. Yeah. And uh, maybe he will win against him, and then you know all the YouTubers can like celebrate because they all <laughs> won through him. I yeah. don't know. It's it's all sorts of stupid. It's more publicity than actual boxing. That's what the YouTube game is about. Or the YouTube boxer game mm-hmm. is right. Like you you want to you're expanding your platform. You're, yeah. you're going to a different platform now. Yeah. So Tyson Fury, actually, if you don't know much about him, is a wild dude. I think for me, he reminds me a little bit of. Um, you know, like the big baller brand, like the dad, I forgot what his name was. Um, Lamelo Ball's dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. LeVar. Lonzo. LeVar, LeVar. LeVar Ball. Because, like, you know, Tyson Fury, even now, he's like, I want to fight uh, Mike Tyson. I'll beat him. Uh, I'll beat Muhammad Ali. I'll, I'll beat them all. I'm down. And, like, he's just this wild dude. So, like, I think he wants to get back into boxing with the greats as well. Yeah, and, and it's, it's different between hearing it from him and hearing it from Dylan, right? Because for, for yeah. Dylan, it's more like just talking shit and fighting with people out of the prime. Whereas, whereas he might be actually legit, like, I, I just want to see what it's like to fight them. Yeah. Right? And get that, you know, and, and get that experience. So you were mentioning in the beginning that you saw uh, Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul come to Andrew Schultz's podcast. Well, the funny thing is, uh, Andrew Schultz was actually supporting Logan at the fight. He was there and when all of this broke down. And did you guys see how like it broke down? No, no, I didn't watch any of it. So basically, like he did an illegal move, Dylan Dennis, during the sixth round. And a bunch of security people just came in because it's a big violation. And yeah. everyone's just like, oh, the security dudes are fighting each other or breaking this. And there are like 20 dudes in the fucking Holy ring. Holy shit. It, it it goes crazy and uh andrew schultz was there as well and uh he was kind of scared you know because you don't see like 20 people like a fight broke loose in yeah. a fucking arena outside the one you came to actually paid to see exactly <laughs> <laughs> i think it's interesting like, that you mentioned like uh andrew schultz because um you know like these youtubers going into boxing and all these stuff and like master marketers like we talked about with dylan Dennis and conor mcgregor right i think there's a similar path for comedian nowadays like if you look at andrew schultz bo berman and like uh akash singh as well as um joji like if who's joji so joji was actually a youtube sketch writer or like uh, you know he has his own like silly content that he posted on youtube and he went from going to that to making some comedy and then from that going to make music yeah i was gonna say i feel like he shared something about music yeah like he he has a song like a glimpse of us and uh, it was a song that was originally gonna go to charlie puth (laughs) but went to him and it's like he's selling out concert arenas now holy shit yeah um, and I think I've seen that trend during COVID or after COVID where comedians are branching out and having so much more exposure and power. It's like they're kind of combining with like Instagram influencers. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, it just shows up on Netflix and there's a dime a dozen, right? There's just so much content out there. Not even Netflix anymore. Like, and I think Andrew Schwartz is a great way of saying uh, a great example of that because he actively did not sell his special on Netflix because he's like, you know what? I don't want to deal with their censorship or anything. I want to make my own money i want to make my own like make my cut yeah so what he did like he in covid times he got very big from tiktok and all these other um like all these other social media platforms yeah Yeah. without like help of and like you know went around to comedy shows and stuff like usual and like uh so did matt rife and all of these people that you just know now Mm -hmm. And what he did was like, hey, I'm going to post my special on YouTube and you could buy tickets to see it 
a day or a couple days before and he made millions of dollars he didn't like ever uh, disclose how much but he said that like i made more than i would have with netflix oh wow okay. isn't that crazy you're making so much money on youtube that netflix which has all the tv shows movies yeah. comedy specials is not equivalent like it's not even close because he, he also understood that like hey like i'm not an established comedian so they're not going to give me top dollar like he's not dave Chappelle, right uh, and there's so much comedy and like just so much on netflix that like my views aren't going to be that high either like it's just going to be one like maybe for the if he's lucky for the first week it's going to be on the top you know trending things and then it's done yeah you know, um, enough for you know for people know him but not enough where he's going to be like you know sought after yeah no one's going to be like oh yeah i seen this guy on like tiktok yeah. he's funny let me watch like a two-hour thing. Um, and same with Matt Reif, right? Like this guy used to be someone that was on Wild and Out. Then he went from just being the pretty boy there to doing comedy and selling out shows. Everyone knows who Matt Reif is. He has a men, like, you know those uh, men's health journal videos? Yeah, where it's like, yeah. oh, work out like Chris Hemsworth or whatever. They have one about him now. That is so crazy. Uh, he's funny though. Certain things he says is like very funny. His, uh, I think crowd work is pretty awesome. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like people just seem to enjoy his crowd work so much that like he goes on tour and his his audience is all women. Oh. He he leans into it because <laughs> yeah. they yeah. think he's, he's, he's attractive. Yeah. So he sells those out and does crowd work. And like, uh, it was funny. This one lady uh, had an epileptic attack during oh, his shit. last show and he you know handled it well he's like everyone please yeah. give her some space he called paramedics and stuff and he's talking to her and this girl is like oh my god this would only happen to me so embarrassing or whatever and um she's like do you want like and he was like oh do you want to go like it's it's totally fine like she's like is there anything i could do and she's like i would like a photo with you <laughs> and then he just like yeah we'll grab a photo don't worry about it yeah yeah, yeah fine. and and then his like the lady's mom is like yeah if we had left she would have killed me because mm. uh, she just had like such a big crush on him and she was just talking and like she stayed apparently it was like a thing that happens to this woman uh because Often of a medical probably, yeah, yeah medical yeah. condition but yeah like people are dying to see him like there's this one time where a girl like facetimed uh her mom so her mom could see him and like he started hitting on her mom <laughs> like, oh yeah phone. i actually have seen that on That's tiktok funny. yeah <laughs> right and it's not just that, like, I think even with the old comedians, like, like you said, with the machine, right? Yeah. Bert Kreischer said that machine story in like one of his older comedy specials. Yeah. You know, and that's what like put him on the map. But going from that to like having his own podcast, I don't know if you guys have checked out Two Bears, One Cave. No, I have not. No, what? <laughs> but that's what his podcast. That that's funny. It's, uh, it's his podcast with Tom Segura, mm. the other comedian. Yeah, yeah. So they both have a po very successful podcast, super funny, and he has his own podcast as well. And, you know, going from comedy, working his way up to having a Netflix show about lifestyles, uh, where he takes famous celebrities into a cabin just to learn about life. And then, man, everyone's having a podcast. I was days. just thinking the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> damn, dude, like we got no shot. Yeah. I'm like looking at the mic, like trying to break the fourth wall or something. Wink at the yeah. listeners. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then going from like, oh, yeah, like a story about like, you know, a school trip to Russia to having a movie with Mark Hamill. Luke fucking yeah, Skywalker. Yeah, with like Luke Skywalker and having one of the, like the biggest movies out there because this movie was originally going to be shelved. But like he fought tooth and nail 
did his did things his own way with like his premiere and stuff. He didn't he didn't want to come in like at the end, like you know how normal people do. He's like, no, I want this to be a party. I want people to celebrate. So I want to be there. I want to welcome everyone. I want to say hi, party with them, take photos, yeah. and do all of that. And he was just talking about like his experience working with Mark Hamill and stuff. And you could just see how like comedians now are becoming social influencers. And the power that they wield has increased so much. Yeah. I mean, they're becoming proper celebrities, right? That's yeah. true. That's yeah. True. Like, like, think about it. Like, a great comedian back in the day, right? Uh, Joey Diaz. Uh, we, we also have Dave Chappelle. They, they are some of the greatest comedians out there. Yeah. But, like, you never were like, oh, my God. Like, I know his every move. I know yeah, exactly the, what he does. The outlets were different, right? Like, back then, it would all be, it's all over the air, right? Like, on a, a, you have to watch it on a TV or something like yeah. that. Or go see them live, right? Yeah. Pay-per-view. So was that? Pay-per-view. Yeah, pay-per-view, right? Now you have so many different ways to to watch them, like YouTube shorts, right? TikToks, yeah. Instagram. Uh, obviously, you can still go see them. You can, I mean, stream them wherever it is. And, Let's be real. There's just so many different ways to like have them in your face. So they they become proper celebrities in our eyes. And and, and I don't think that takes away from them. Like no. for, for for the good ones, because like some of them are very creative. Like I don't know if you guys know uh, Bo Berman, but like this is someone that mm-hmm. got out got big off of wine. Like I'm oh, really? sure you've seen this vine where it's like uh, this little kid on um, a piano, and he just like, is there anything better than pussy? Yes, a really good book. Oh okay, okay. <laughs> oh that's yeah. That's that was Bo Burnham and. He went from that to conducting some of the most creative comedy specials, in my opinion, because he com- combines music and he makes it a whole theater. It's a musical theater comedy that he does with amazing, perfect pin drop timing. I, I actually know a lot of Indian comedians who also do that, like the singing part of it. Like they'll sing and then they'll also bring in like the audience, like crowd work and they, just a bunch of elements. And they'll also end up with like doing a little bit of improv as well. Yeah. And like, I think like doing that and recording that for a special night after night, like, yeah, you could tell your jokes and you could say it and it's very hard, but then going out and performing a musical with dance, lighting and like perfect it's timing. Completely from, scripted. Yeah. 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 Like, like right. Like that's different. And I think we're seeing such a transition. I think one of the people that kind of really changed the game in this way um, was Kevin Hart. I think he kind of mm. going from being just a comedian everyone liked to, oh shit, I'm a movie star. Yeah, like a I, I juggernaut was, of box office. I was actually wondering. He was, so he was a comedian first. Yes. And then he made, then he because I, I actually saw him in movies first. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, so I, he I was always was in like those little small characters. And yeah. like, you know, He's the comedic relief, right? Yeah, the yeah. short guy, like, right? Like, like, you know, like the... Um, what was it? Scream knockoffs, like scary yeah. movies, like you see him as a side character and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, no, he got his fame from his uh, comedy, comedy comedy specials, specials on Netflix. Then mostly. he went to like having his own like funny comedy show uh, on Netflix as well, like uh, Real Housewives of Hollywood or whatever. Yeah, he, I was yeah, and he has a he has quite a few stand ups. Like we watched, we've seen them all. Yeah, and yeah. then like you know he went out from like that to movies to like selling out stadiums, right? Like he literally sold out football stadiums wild. and then even in, the, even in like COVID times he hosted a special from his own home I know I mean god it made me so mad to watch that too because I'm like your basement is so nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like yeah and I think he opened like the doors for comedians to try things differently mm-hmm. um while going on podcasts and stuff. And I, I like the power that uh, these stand-up comedians have now and the way that they're going about it. Because like now with like Akash Singh and Andrew Schultz, right? 
one of the biggest podcasts in mm-hmm. YouTube. Then you have Burt Kreischer with so many other brands, so many other things, as well as a fucking movie with Luke Skywalker. You have Bo Berman going from Bo Berman and Matt Rife going from Vine to selling out comedy halls and concert crazy. halls. Yeah, yeah. Did you know? Did you know that um, that Burt is so? So what they they say the whole thing is that when you when you're a comedian going into a movie. It actually does like the amount of work and the amount of revenue loss, all that stuff from not being able to go on tour and do your stuff is more than what you'd make from the movie. So it's actually a net loss. Yeah. But he's like, listen, I want to be in a movie, so I'm giving it up. But, but that's the thing I'm- is that you do that because you hit, you have a lot more of a reach. Uh, people will go watch a movie. At least that's what it used to be. Now it's very different because YouTube is a lot more accessible. Yeah. But yeah, no, but that, that was what he was saying. It's like yeah. he's like, yeah, like my uh, financial advisor or whatever it was was like, hey, like you could do this, but it's actually costing you money because you're gonna miss out a lot. And he's like, no, nah, whatever. I wanna be a, I'm gonna be a fucking movie star, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> and and I can't blame him, right? I mean, the movie was actually pretty good. I don't, um, I don't know what you guys thought. thought oh, no, about, I thought it was, it was hilarious. Um, I thought it was funny, yeah. I think one of the funniest thing was like, because of like the language barrier, uh, because like, you know, here we describe him as unpredictable, zany, funny, whatever. Since in Russia, they don't really understand, like they take things very literally. Mm-hmm. So his co-actor from Russia was scared to work with him <laughs> because he was described as unpredictable. And she's like, I don't know what he would do. And I just, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, is he like, gonna, like if I'm injured or something, like, is he going to fucking stab me? Or like, yeah, like he's, he's going to just keep laughing. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. And like laugh or something. So I think that was something cool. But yeah, again, you know, having a, having this movie, you know, Joji having Glimpse of Us, which is like a top billboard, like number 10 on the top 100 songs mm-hmm. of the summer wow. uh, being comedian and stuff from YouTube. So I love that they're gaining so much power. And I think this is, again, in like a great way of like how people in any profession are taking back their own rights, you know, like with like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna rely on big streaming services. I'm not gonna rely on this corporation to be able to just dictate get, how I yeah, dictate yeah. how yeah. I want to do things and get my fucking worth. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like with even with musicians, like they're creating their they're not going with labels. Chance the rapper. He's like one of the Chance the Rapper is like and Russell. See with music though, I don't understand because uh if you don't go with a label, your reach doesn't it decrease significantly? Nah, yeah, but the, the, they have the distribution channels, but like that's like built for that's built around the whole like Get your CDs out there. Get yeah. to the record stores. So with stuff. streaming, all of that changed. But with streaming, it's still difficult. The reason why I say that is because, well, one, you need to, like, people need to discover you, right? You can't mm-hmm. just be like, I'm Chance the Rapper, because a hundred people can come up with the name Chance the Rapper, right? So but there has to be I, some sort of connections. I think, I think it's supported. So, so like, you know, Chance might find the next Chance, right? Yeah. And give him a chance. <laughs> and then, it's and not even, he would have right to take there. a chance on that. Right? Yeah. And that's no longer, you have like the Columbia Records and all that shit, then you need, you don't need them anymore. It's not even that. Like, even with Columbia Records, and all these like record companies it's not like um you're just a nobody with zero views and you get signed yes. you have to have some sort of fans you have to go out and like you know do concerts quote unquote be known in your city and then you get signed so these yeah. people are like why would i get signed and give up 90 percent or like 95 percent of yeah. my revenue just so i'm backed by these people that are gonna you know but they, don't they also have contacts and don't they take up some of the oh, yeah, cost it's, stuff it, like so, it, it so, is so nowadays remember the contacts all that stuff was 
all to get your name out there to different people. Yeah. Now, like, kind of, the whole thing is that you don't get discovered until you've already had the views and yeah. had the listens, all that stuff. And at that point, you're just kind of riding the flames. Right? Yeah, like, and it's no waves. longer a business model where you're like, oh yeah, you get features or whatever based on people you know, just or exclusively people you know, right? Now you can just send a check of million dollars to Drake and he'll do this feature for you. Oh, by the way, sorry, throwback. That's true. That's true. Drake actually betted $850,000 on Logan winning the fight. And Dylan was really pissed about it because he was like, oh, I thought Drake, I was your boy. And uh, why wouldn't you just bet on me? Well, I think Drake lost the money either way because this was a disqualification and Logan won through that. It's not a knockout win, right? So I don't think that Drake lost anything because he seems to be making these bets, like these outlandish like million dollar bets for a lot of like sporting events. What I think is genuinely happening is that like these sporting platforms are like, hey, here's cash, bet on it, post about it, so more people are gonna bet. It's like, you know, when you sign up but, for uh, like any betting platform, it's like, oh yeah, put down $5 and you get $200 of playable bets. I think he's getting that, but just at a larger scale. <laughs> don't, don't you think that you would have to mention if it was if something was a sponsored post or not? You don't have to, you never do. You're not required oh. to. Um, and I think that that's what makes it a really good sponsored post because people genuinely think that he's betting this money mm. i mean it, it would make it a good sponsored post but very deceiving to the consumers 100 yeah there's a whole thing about truth and marketing so so the whole yeah. thing is that maybe the loophole is that he stakes his money but then he gets paid afterwards yeah it's like, like a reimbursement so it's not like he's not getting paid for it, he's getting reimbursed yeah so i don't know if there's like legal nuance there they can yeah. use but no I, I i'm loving this trend of like people getting their worth like with the music industry with like the writers guild with um uh, just you know influencers logan paul getting his worth <laughs> yeah right i mean he we clearly watch him yeah so so going on to the uh the strikes now right i think you mentioned the uh, people getting money and getting paid right so now that the writers seem to have struck a deal, I'm wondering, and I did some research on this, around the auto workers at the big three, the four GM Stellantis strikes. And I'll tell you right now, like there's some weird shit going on there. What's going on? So like they're asking for money, okay? And oh, <laughs> is that, is that no so? They're like, they're like, hey, we want more money, right? And, and this is a large union. What if guys. this was like, like in an alternate universe, what if it was not about the money? They're like, you know, we're done with fucking Folgers coffee in the break room. <laughs> we yeah. want Dunkin' Donuts or we, Starbucks. We, we want Green Mountain. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> so, so this union is actually pretty big, guys. There's 150,000 of them. Now, I don't know how big the Writers Guild was, but like of the 150,000 uh, people in the in the union, 35,000 are on strike, right? And, and, and let's be real, they're striking about money, but they're striking about other things, right? They want overtime over 32 hours in a week. Oh, that's crazy. Right, so that's weird, but that, but that, and then I'm like, you know what? They're they're working in very unsafe conditions, so maybe the 32 hours is something that they need, right? They want a four day work week. They want, <laughs> yeah. So to, on I paper, want a beach house, and uh, I want right. And, and don't get me wrong, like they're getting hosed on comp. Yeah. Considering how much like how much risk they're they're taking on, especially the the factory workers, the assembly line workers. But they also want to do a couple things, right? They want to pay increase, go figure, because right now the on average they're making thirty to forty thousand dollars. Oh, that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Like it's just not it's just not sustainable, right? Yeah. Like to, to maintain any kind of life. See, I'm down with all of that. Like give, give them a raise. But yeah. I would kind of appreciate if they didn't ask for four day work week or 32 hours after that. Give me bonuses. You know, that that's yeah. the part that one thing is what I do think is playing into it is that the younger employees kind of get screwed on some of these benefits because they don't get their the employment tiers 
are favored more towards the elders. I, I don't know. It, it, there's a, a line here that just basically says that employees hired before 2007 get different benefits than people hired after. Yeah, it's a, it's a pension as well. So I think with them, uh, the newer employees don't get many of the retirement benefits oh, with okay. punishment, uh, pension and all these other things. Yeah. And they're still getting hosed on the pay. Yeah. There's pay disparity between the people that worked beforehand and now. Like the people that work, you know, like I would say, let's say, you know, before 2010, 2008, right? They still make those same wages that's insane like right? they have not gotten raises and like the newer people are getting a dollar or two more every but year. it's it's yeah every year but right. that's just because they started late yeah and like these people are like yeah that dollar or two is still not mitigating the need for a pension for me right 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And retirement but, and and like and you have to understand that it just um these people like yeah the four-day work week and 32-hour work week is wild mm -hmm. right with many countries and America as a whole is also pushing for a four-day work week. So, yeah. like, they just want to be like, hey, if we're asking for... But longer, for, right? The whole thing is a four-day work week, but you work longer on those days. No, the, the people don't want to... The trend now is people mm. are don't want to live in an environment where they're required to work over 40 hours. Or they're trying to work... But 40 hours is five so, days. No, no, but, like, they're well, trying to... They're trying to over. reduce the work week to 32. Yeah, yeah ten, well, oh, 32. I, I thought the whole oh. thing was, like, in Japan... They do four a uh, four day work week, but it's like ten hours a day on those oh. days. But 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 maybe but like wrong. with these yeah. Ford workers, like do you take a dinner and lunch break? How does this work? Right, yeah. Where do you start? <laughs> where do you end? With these Ford workers, right, just to make ends meet, these guys are working eighty hours a week. It's insane. Right, so they're they're doing overtime. They're not getting good pay just to earn and earn enough in, in dangerous environments. Because Ford, GM, and Volantis, Volantis, Stellantis, Stellantis, sorry, has been dinged multiple times for unsafe work environments. Mm -hmm. And these guys are like, I'm literally breaking my back eighty hours a week. And that's just to make a livable wage, right? Their um their whole thing is so. Here's where it's gonna piss you guys off, right? So obviously in, in the COVID times, right? Like they, there was a drop off in production, right? Because the factories, you just couldn't work for a while, right? Because of the pandemic. So, but in that time still, so I'm gonna use 2022 as an example here, right? The Ford, GM and Stellantis CEOs, they each made over $20 million. That's oh yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, like the vast majority of that is in like shares or something like that, but there's still a large bonus component, which is about 2x their salary. So the their salaries are a million dollars more, a million yeah, yeah. dollars plus. Yeah, so the CEO is making 300 times the salary of a regular worker. The Ford CEO made $20 million and the GM CEO made $29 million, insane. which is a 50% increase from 2013, where he made $14.4 million. Yeah, I, I, will, I will say this percentage wise, from like in general, right? Compounding interest, all that kind of stuff, right? That's not crazy. But when your workers that are operating below you are not seeing that same level of increase, that, that just sends the wrong message, especially when you're an American company, you represent the American dream, right? Like, let's be real here, right? Ford, yeah. GM, all that kind of stuff. Like, that's that's what they had in mind. Um, and it's just insane. But it, it, Yeah, because I think the CEO salaries kind of make sense because, you know, obviously there are hundreds of layers, right? Yeah. In but, between but there's also you. one of them, right? There's one CEO. But yeah. you have, I, I think there's, right, like uh, the number of the union is 150,000. 
Yeah, so obviously they're not going to be paying $29 million or even like one-fourth of that, right? No, so but there, you, there needs to be a divide, right? Like 300 times someone's salary I think when these workers fine. are making eight, like they're doing 80 hours just to make ends meet. Yeah, You're but the CEO is responsible for all of those 150,000 people, right? So you have to think about it from that that's perspective very, too and the responsibilities that come with it. I think that's a very idealist view of looking at it. I think that there need, yeah, of course the CEO should get paid more than regular workers but the problem is the divide 300 times the wage is not like if 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 we're talking about millions of dollars here and here here's some numbers right in like 10 years from now uh, i mean 2013 right ford's net worth or net income was 5.6 billion and general motors net income was 3.8 billion right now in 2022 the net income for ford rose to 6.5 billion and then general motors went from 3.8 to 10.4 billion so you're seeing all these rise in net income i'm not even saying like revenue i'm saying mm-hmm. net income the ceo's salary is going up by millions of dollars and these workers have not gotten any pay raises so i have a couple of things these to say hundreds about of thousands of workers that are making this possible so um i, I have a couple yeah, of things to say about yeah, this as first. well yeah so what i would say is one i'm not saying that the workers should not be getting paid uh more i'm 100 on it but the 300 like emphasizing on that 300x number is the problem that i'm having because uh let's say i double the number right like uh let's say the lowest employee makes is forty thousand. now i'm gonna make it eighty thousand. the three it's still gonna be like high 200s even if i double that guy's salary right and even if i salary so you're not gonna be so are you suggesting that we lower the ceo's salary so we can get closer to like you know lower that 200x number or are you suggesting that maybe but but my whole thing is a lot of the comp is not straight cash that's the whole thing like i would say 20 to 25 percent of its cash so yeah. i was i was talking about their salaries uh yeah. this does not include like well, so the, the salary and stuff. this is this is like but the salary is not 29 million is not their salary yeah like, like salary the is GMC, total comp the like, GMCO this is total comp. made 29 million in total comp of that yeah. 25 million was cash salary and bonus yeah and 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 also the other thing is uh the salary of a ceo is not always determined by the CEO himself. It's determined by the board of directors, and the board will determine it based on the stock price, right? Because he's like the CEO is responsible for dr- basically driving there, right? Or at least getting the company there. Yes, the machinery is like the parts of the machinery is the co like the workers, yeah. but like from from a stock market perspective, if you look at it, it's mostly driven through so, the CEO's public image. But but the other thing is this, going on, going, I like that you brought up the numbers because I want I want to lay out some numbers here too. Um, and so the biggest number that analysts and everything look, and I don't want it to be like an earnings rundown here, yeah. but like there's some numbers and I, I promise there's a reason, okay? <laughs> I have, um, so EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Yeah. And it's a very important metric to determine a company's profitability, right? So the EBITDA, and I'm going to pick on Ford here, uh, went up 22% from 2021 to 2022, and it went to 12.8 billion, okay? Now, 12.8 billion is a large amount of money. I get it. Now, the other thing is this, the average revenue of a, like the average sales price of a car also went up from 38, or 35,000 to 38,000 at the same time, okay? Still, all signs pointing towards, let's pay these people, right? But the thing is, the EBITDA margin, right, which is looking at it as a percentage of revenue, was almost at one of its lowest levels in 2022. It was at 8.9%, which is tiny. And the revenue growth, or EBITDA growth, sorry, uh, was, if, if I do the actual number to get to 12.8, is $2.3 billion. Now, if we wanted to increase, and these people, like, they want 46% salary increase, right? So if we increased, and there are 57,000 UAW workers at Ford, 
right? And there obviously it'd be for everybody, right? So if you went from four and assumed a forty thousand dollar average salary and you increased it by forty to forty five percent, you're literally adding a billion dollars in cost. So here's here so here's what I want to address with that, right? Like the numbers make sense, the numbers speak for themselves, right? But when you look at things like the pay disparity is what I was getting at. Yeah, I know yeah, you yeah. guys had like a problem with, not a problem, but you guys were talking about the 300 times the number, right? But the, and you're saying like, oh, how important the CEO's job or whatever it is. And of course it is. I'm not saying it, the it, other co-worker's job is I, not important. My, my whole, my whole uh, 300 times X, right? Because if you're saying like, oh yeah, the company's working, it's stable in the economy and all that stuff. But if it's achieving that, if it's achieving those numbers based on, what do you call it? Exploiting their workers, is it really understandable? You're thinking of this as more from a, oh, workers' rights and uh, everyone should be paid fairly and equally. And, you know, the good heartedness in you is speaking right now. But from just from a numbers point of view, right, it doesn't make sense because even if I triple these people's salary, they will still, and, and we're talking about 150,000 people, they will still be, there's still the, the pay disparity between them is going to be about, so about 250x, which is, still wild so what is the issue going to be if you if you have an issue with 300 you're going to have an issue with 250 well, as well yeah the question is what it what is that like should should this be a should this be a relevant metric i don't think it should assess? be because i think i think it should right like the the biggest thing with um but, that, but now if let's say like let's say ford has a record year now and and let's be real like let's say it's like it's something that the ceo had to do right because because ceo makes a lot of decisions I, I work you know like i've i've seen what they've needed to do to make this work Right. And there's a lot of risk attached to it, too. Like you, you mess up, you lose your job. Whereas if a, if a factory shuts down, which I don't know how often that happens, that's the only situation where you were like, you know, these line workers and obviously if they get hurt, of course. Yeah. And but that's what I'm trying to say. Like these workers are clearly exploit, like, exploited. Yeah. They have um, like, yeah, I do think the CEO is going to make more than the lowest worker. But like your whole thing, was like, oh, yeah, even after this, it's going to be 250. You're looking at it like that's still a better Right? No, like, obviously it is. And and like, I think it, no one is but against... But is that good enough, right? And, and yeah. Like, wait, What's maybe the number? Just, just, what's the justifiable you, number for like, you? I don't it was, think but maybe it was four to 500 before and now it's at 300. Like, is yeah. that is that progress? I, so, I didn't do that number. So, so I, 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 the, the reason I had all these numbers up with like, you know, how much the company made with the profit uh, and how much CEOs made, right? Was because we know that these uh, workers' salaries have not gone up. Their last raise that they got was in 2019 where they got a 3% raise. Basically, yeah. So I think my issue is now with obviously people should be getting paid more and those workers definitely deserve probably 4x of what they're getting paid right now for you know putting their life on the line and all of that stuff not realistic because obviously companies can't run like that and especially increasing yeah. everyone's salary by 4x 150,000 so people there's right? so many of them and, in, and making 160,000 each yeah <laughs> 4x did yeah yeah but it's it's so, to get it to a livable wage that's the whole thing 160 right? is not the livable wage but oh, oh you know what i mean like even the what i'm trying to get at is it's not gonna be 160 because they're asking for better working conditions yeah. right they're well, not asking to work those 80 hours well, anymore 40, yeah 40,000 adding 40% gets you to about 60 right so that's yeah. not terrible. that's not bad yeah and, I, and I'm in support of that but I'm just against the multiplier yeah individually yeah. like as at the individual level it makes sense like that 60,000 55,000 whatever it is is not an unreasonable salary to give people maybe that means that you have fewer workers now right like you might have to having 57,000 workers getting this 
$15,000 raise is going to be wild, but you probably have to cut. You're going to have to cut some workers and, and, and like, and, we're it, seeing that, and it's going right? to, it's going to be to maintain their profit margins or whatever. But like, and, and the thing is for me, <laughs> I mean, personally, at, that line, at that point, you might, be, it might be to maintain profitability. Yeah. But like, you know, that's where the ethics of it all comes in, where it's like, in order for you to be profitable, you have to exploit your workers. That's my problem. I mean, right? yes, the, I from think an everyone, ethics point everyone, of view, it makes everyone, sense. Yeah. Not even ethics, it's just like in general, like there's a business, like there's lots of things with business and uh, ethics is one of them. I have a question for you because you're talking about ethics. You said that it would be okay if they have to let go of a few people, like some of the workforce, because they're giving the rest of the people that $60,000 raise, right? So now isn't that unethical? Because now all these people who got let go are making $0 yeah, in front of that from 40 to zero. And the second part to this is because you're doing that, the work is not decreasing. The work is still staying the same. So these people who are getting these raises who are already overworked and that's well, what they're calling out. No, what happens here is this, right? What happens, and let's just think of the downstream effect here, right? So yes, you have fewer workers. You're still, you can't work faster, right? That's the whole thing. You can't work faster. That's yeah. a classic Charlie Chaplin skit about this, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so what happens is production comes down. You produce fewer vehicles, right? As a result. And then the car price goes up because there's less, there's less supply. So it, it pays for itself in some way but in the end let's be real here i'm not like but then sales it'd, go it'd down too us. right well yeah but the whole thing is that your sales go down but your profit your, margins right that's what i'm saying you're out your production comes down therefore your sales have to come down and but the but the cost to buy that car for us goes up yeah but it's, i think it, it makes up for itself somewhere. i also think that like so i agree with that but i also think that with just the industry like theme or trend where everyone's asking for a livable wage something is going to give and once the con like and you have to understand like there's po power in numbers right once the consumers are like i'm not paying for this and if the only way for you to give a livable wage to your employees and uh make the same amount that you want is met by you know taking the clothes off my back they're not going to go to that the company anymore and this is this we're kind of uh making ford and gm to be like these innocent companies no they're not you have to you yeah. have to understand <laughs> they're not you have to understand. they're this big for a reason yeah, yeah. Like, you yeah. have to understand like this this year itself they willingly lost 4.5 billion dollars in ev sales they knew they're not profitable every ev car you purchase from ford they're losing thirty-two thousand per ev wow wow I mean, and they're willing to sense, do this. Though. They're willing to do this just so they could still be relevant, still put their name out in the EV in EV field. And so is General Motors. General Motors is also doing a similar thing. And this is their way to combat Tesla. Yeah. I mean, all of them are right. Like, yeah, but they, like, that's if, the you, if you could justify yeah. losing thirty-two thousand per vehicle sold, four point five billion just this year. How are you? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, it's true. I, I read that number how, too. No, yeah. So it's just like, how are you losing that much? Is it costing them that much to make these cars? Yeah, these batteries cost a lot of money, and yeah. the, and the tech behind it also. So they protested this technology, EVs in general, yeah. for a long time. They're like, yeah, people, our general public is just not going to jump on it. But then they did. Tesla came around and Tesla's did a really good job with you know the speed part of it and the tech part of it yeah. and I think that's what's selling it to people right if you see there's a decline in luxury car market over the last few years because these luxury cars weren't supporting things like Android Auto or Apple CarPlay and that's what people want people yeah. want this cool tech in their car it's easier it's all the same ecosystem you know Google uh, started their own function uh, like whole thing about Android Automotive which is like companies don't need like uh, BMW, Volkswagen, and Volvo, and all, basically anyone who adopts it, even Polster, uh, mm -hmm. they don't have to create their own infotainment system. So that, that software 
doesn't need to exist. Google will provide you that software. You just have to skin it to whatever you want it to look like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, cool. yeah. And then, That's pretty cool. And then I think Apple released... Apple's trying to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that where your iPhone can power the whole dashboard, which personally scares the crap out of me because my Apple, like my iPhone ever bugs out or heats up or whatever, and well, my speedometer a, is gone. There's probably a fail-safe where if, if something crashes, it defaults back to the cars. But it imagine like middle of the drive, something crashes and it's defaulting back and you just see like a flip of UI and... Mm. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. that's it, it kind of scary. scary as hell. Unless you're real. You know, hopefully, I, I just next don't. 50, hopefully next 15 years or so. What, I don't know. I, I just made up a number here. Um, we're, we're just, you know, we're not driving the car ourselves yeah. anymore. Not yeah. even not even phone. I don't trust the USB cables, man. I, I run <laughs> through like three of them a year. <laughs> what if they mess up and I have to jiggle the cable well, just no, like I get my speedometer? It's over Bluetooth. It's wireless. Oh, uh, so. okay. But no, that, like that's what I'm saying, right? I think with the back to the fourth thing, if your company is making profit based on exploiting their workers i don't think it's a company that i should really feel bad for yeah. like i you know we looked at the numbers and like yeah their ebitda and like all that stuff is like like very marginally thin but still seeing that year over year if you're going to justify giving what a 50 percent increase just to your ceo over the last 10 years and this is millions of dollars yeah yeah so like how do you justify that it's and i think that's why i stand with the workers and i think that's that's something reasonable because if you're like hey i don't have enough money to give to these people but i'm gonna spare i was gonna give a 15 million dollar raise to the ceos while the ebitda is being the same and it's marginally thin i i just don't feel bad for you. i understand yeah. your thoughts yeah so i would kind of wrap it up and i'll ask you your uh opinions on this as well so my ending clo like closing thoughts on this would be yes i am with the workers they should definitely be getting paid more but millions of dollars to one person uh even if it's 15 million dollars for one person is not gonna trickle down to 150,000 employees getting a big raise you know so yeah i i don't kind of equate that uh but i do think that they sh the working conditions themselves are pretty bad and they should be improved and also they should be getting a higher pay i mean forty thousand in this day and age is nothing that's wild right like, yeah for working you're 80 hours a day you're not combating 80 uh, hours a week sorry you're not, yeah yeah you're not you're not combating inflation at that point right yeah. so so like yeah my, my final thoughts on this too is just like you know so this has already cost automakers eight billion dollars this 30 plus day strike so i i think regardless something needs to happen Right. Otherwise, you know, they're really at risk here and they're already laying off people, that kind of stuff. I will say, right, like a billion dollar increase in costs to pay these workers when you grew your EBITDA by two point three billion year over year. And if you do think that that's going to continue, I I think it's time to strike a deal, man. Yeah. Right? And, and let's be real, like I get it that you know you have one person making 30 million, but then you have oh, like 100,000 people making 40 to 50. You've got away with it long enough. I, I'm gonna use the word getting away with it, but it's it's been going on long enough where like it, you're due for a reset. Yeah. And the yeah. reset's up. Um, and like, yeah, we could like genuinely talk more about this. Like with the, like, I think it's a great trend of like, you know, um, the classes fighting back, I would say. But yeah. what if we didn't? Instead, what if we talked about if a what if scenario? That would blow our mind. I don't know if it's gonna blow your minds, but I got a couple. I got a few good ones. I'm, I'm gonna start with. I cancel the segment. It's done. If it's not gonna blow my mind, why are we doing this? <laughs> you know what? That's it. All right, we're done. <laughs> See you guys. No. Um, all right. If we never did it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have believed you. And I was like, oh my god, are we done? <laughs> Is this it? Is this it? <laughs> I did some work on this. He's like, get out of the studio. We're done. <laughs> These okay. are quick ones. All right. My first one. It's a. It, this is. I'm gonna reiterate it again. It's a quick one here. But what if you could travel back in time and give one warning to any individual? 
people. It doesn't have, doesn't mean that doesn't have to be someone you've known or have any way of knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, what would it be, and who would it be to, and also why? Um, I love chaos, so I would go back into like the revolutionary time, and I'll just like I would just be like, hey. Paul Revere, British aren't coming. <laughs> and just go back to my time to see what happened. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, oh yeah, they're coming by sea or land. They're like, they're not. Two if by sea. <laughs> yeah, what if I land? They're <laughs> not coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. I, li- I like that one. <laughs> All right. All right. That's a good one. I, that was a really good one. Um, so I guess, okay, I can, I can go next then, right? So I haven't given this much thought. Go, I should have. But my whole thing was I'd want to give um, a warning to, it, it was, it's funny because it's in the same theme of like preventing or aggravating a war was uh, to, what is it? Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. World and War One. And been like, hey, this ain't the day. Stay home, bro. <laughs> you know? Stay home. Yeah, or yeah. the Kennedys. Yeah, there's a whole thing about how uh, with the Kennedys, there's a whole conspiracy theory about how it was going to happen anyways. He was he was there. Uh, he, like sorry, he made all the lists, and basically he was like kind of outing. Um, I forgot what like the you know let's just call it the New World Order. Yeah, I, I believe it was the CIA. Like the the theory CIA, is yeah. that he was outing what they like the CIA was doing, mm-hmm. so that's why like they ordered that hit. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So you guys have some really good ones. Mine is pretty selfish and. Self-contained. Uh, I would go to 2019. I would tell myself not to watch Game of Thrones season eight. <laughs> Man, <laughs> just don't I, do it. So, it's like the Flash at the end of like the movie when he zaps in, but that but it's you. You're like, don't stop, stop, no, no, stop, no, no. stop it, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. My my other one was gonna be. I had two other ones. It was gonna be go back to 2007 and tell myself to stop messing around in second grade and, uh, buy, <laughs> and buy some Bitcoin, <laughs> but buy property, or buy some yeah, buy real property. estate, yeah, uh, or go. Go back. Imagine the 2007, like you know, eight-year-old you coming up to your dad and just being like, "Hey, dad, I think we should buy property." Why do you say that, son? Because I told myself. <laughs> right. What um. Okay. And and the other out, one yeah. for me was uh, this would have been like a really cool thing to just see. Go back to like Pompeii before like the volcano exploded. Oh, that would have been cool. And like just run random kids, save them, and be like, "Hey." Just but I'm going to show you something cool. There um, was a whole Doctor Who episode around it. Oh, yeah. Fires of Pompeii. The, yeah. city, the city of Pompeii, that was um, that was one of the old wonders of the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was? Yeah. Okay. It, I, it was beautiful. I mean, like the gardens of Babylon, man. Yeah. yeah. Thing. I think, like, just be like, yo, let's, from this major hilltop far away where we could just oversee let's what's just going watch. on. Let's yeah. watch. Just grab some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think would have happened? I, mean, I I don't know why I'm asking the what if question, but what do you think <laughs> uh, would have happened if, let's say, you go went back and saved that whole town of uh, Pompeii yeah. from their volcanic uh, eruption? Like, what do you think? How would it have changed history? Would it have actually matter do you think like it would trickle down yeah. and like created like so the thing is this it, it's it's and i agree it would only be is if somebody significant came out of that yeah which i don't know and the problem is there's so much entropy from then until now that like it's hard to gauge and and, and that's why like, someone's descendant could have been right? the next hitler you know yeah, like, yeah right so that, that that's where it gets a little hazy on but then the we also are. like whenever we think about things like this we always think of the negative side of it that oh uh, you know, another Hitler could have been born, yeah. but what if another Einstein could have been also been born? What if so, what if the guy who or guy or girl or whoever, um, who cure who was coming up with a cure for cancer, just died in was the, a descendant of that person? Yeah. And you know what, that entire storyline got cut. <laughs> so know? the whole thing with Pompeii and why it was significant, why I think it would trickle down, was because it was the perfect example of Roman life, like from architecture 
to like oh really information yeah they yeah. had like a very big roman hmm. architecture community and history yeah. art and, community huh art community was art, big there. art yeah right so all of that was wiped away all that information all that culture i think if it were if it had survived if people had survived that would have impacted the world greatly um even with science right like it, unfortunately like as we've learned with like great tragedy afterwards the science the there's lots of advancements for example like uh, if you guys have seen oppenheimer i know you guys have we, we watched it together right after the nuclear bomb japan completely changed yeah all right and like just scientific and advancements with the h-bomb and all of that completely revolutionized science and our learning as a whole so people back in the roman days seeing a volcanic eruption learning from it could also trickle down yeah i mean that's that's it's a bit of a stretch but i, I get your point like there's endless opportunities or possibilities yeah. what you could have learned there right? yeah yeah um all right, so here's another one. Actually, that, that went on longer than I thought it would, so thanks for that. What if... This one, this one I really want to know the answer properly. What if you could learn the answer to one of the secrets to life or, like, one of the big questions, you know? For an example I have here, and now you can't use it, is, like, what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? What, what's the reason we exist? So you're asking what I would ask and why? Get an answer. If you can get the answer to it. Oh, to be 100% selfish, if I, like, the whole the whole world knew that, like, I, me, and as an individual, have the opportunity to ask one question, and uh, it'll give me the right answer. Just being selfish, I wouldn't ask an important question. <laughs> 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 like, I would literally ask something stupid, like, oh, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Because, <laughs> like, for or, me... was that right about that argument with my brother? Or, yeah, 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 like, some, <laughs> some, some, like, oh, should I really have dumped that girl? Or some, some dumb shit, right? Because... I don't think it would enhance my life. I think with that knowledge, you know, like, you know, like that old saying where it's like the, the head that wears the crown is the heaviest. I think that's what it is. And that's how I see it. I knowing see. this information. Never heard that phrase, but that's pretty cool. Right. Okay. Um, I think I butchered the saying, but it's no, general. it's right. It's accurate. Yeah. Right. Um, I think it would be too much for us to know mm. okay. just without like, you know, with information, you kind of build up to it. Like even with science and stuff, you build up to things you get a little yeah. nuggets of truth it, it, and sorry i want to add one thing it doesn't need to be a philosophical question yeah right? it could be it anything could be it's happen. like oh did the big bang happen or like yeah. something like that yeah. and that's that's kind of what makes me think that i don't want to mm. because i wouldn't be ready and neither would the world yeah yeah so i wouldn't do it for the world i would do it for myself <laughs> so My you're just own, gonna be like, you're so just gonna be an asshole th- it's a common theme here right yeah, yeah. you're just gonna be an <laughs> asshole it's like I know, but I will never tell. <laughs> He's just like laughing in the corner. Well, that, this was the whole thing about the enlightenment, right? Of Buddha. Like, I think that that's the whole story that Siddhartha actually gained uh, the answer to everything through meditation and peacefulness. And then uh, he knew the secret of life and he tried to give it in his blessings or something. Maybe I'm butchering this you whole are, religion, uh, but <laughs> you are. You are. Uh, so Siddhartha Gautam, I believe was yeah, his yeah. name. Uh, Buddha actually went out like he left his royal life yeah, yeah. he gave up everything and That's, walked around yeah, like yeah. a beggar and um he had so many people that followed him mm-hmm. that he shared his teachings with it yeah. was never gate kept he was no no no. i'm not saying actively... he did, there was that but i'm saying that so my question would be the opposite where i don't think i am knowledgeable enough or anyone would like kind of want to listen to it i mean we barely have any podcast listeners right now <laughs> <laughs> so i don't think uh people would be interested in 
if I have something to share. So yeah. I would ask a question for myself and that question would ask be, yeah. how was the universe created and how will it be destroyed? Because that would be something that I'm really fascinated about. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, I don't care about if there's, like I strongly believe that there is life on other planets. Yeah, uh, cause there has to be. The, the universe is so ginormous that I would never imagine be, that we're the only make, ones. What makes us special, yeah. 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 We're just a speck of sand in, in on the beach, right? Like mm -hmm. that. That's... I, I I genuinely thought you're gonna go a different direction with it, where you're gonna ask like a personal question, and I think that would have been more of a mind fuck. Like let let's say let, you're asking this question. Let's say it's to an all knowing uh, chair, like mm -hmm. fuck it, the Mobius chair from DC, right? If you guys don't know what that is, it's just a chair that has all the information and all the power. I mean, it's just a basically okay. a big library with internet. Okay. Whatever, right? Let's say I'm. I get to ask this all-knowing thing that's watched over time and space and all of it. Imagine if I had or someone ask a personal question like, "Oh, how to live a happy life?" That's not a personal question. That's a. Or like, how would I would I be happy? Right? And that that yeah. that would fuck with your mind because like, what if it's something like, oh. You asked the chair how to live a happy life, and it's just like, don't be a bitch. Yeah, no, or, <laughs> yeah, right. or, 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 or like something doesn't make sense. Like the what's the what is the answer to the ultimate question, right? And it's like forty-two. Yeah, right. Like if it's what's the question? This will take forever, dude. Or if it's just like, oh yeah, eat right, uh, like eat, sleep, and smile. At that point, you're left with fuck. I do this. <laughs> is this the happiest I'm ever going to be? Is this the limit? And then you have all these inter like you know. You could ask about your threshold of where you are versus where you can be in life. You ask one that's question. A, that's not bad. Yeah, that is a question, right? That would be the question, right? But like I'm just saying, like if that if it's that simple, everything like you ask a question of like that's oh, that's a mind fuck though. Again, also yeah, right? you're like yeah. what's where are you versus your your potential, right? Potential capacity. And it's like you're at forty nine percent. It's like okay, cool. I now know this. But now what do I do to how do get I get to there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you know one like, question sucks and that's why like these things always like i have a very pessimistic view on it where i'm like it's all of these things are more of a monkey's paw for me that's why i won't ask questions i'll just be like oh tootsie pop <laughs> How yeah, many it's, like it's gotta be something it's gotta be something because let's be real like you you get you get the answer and I, mine was like the way i was thinking it was what is there a god and i get the let's say i get the answer and the answer is no how am i going to convince others or do i even want to convince others? i don't think you want to convince right? others the way i think about it is that all this does is freeze like me up to be like hey like there is no higher power so whatever time i dedicated to worship whatever but god, wouldn't that be chaotic for you personally it would break because all sense of morality is like normally like for, in teaching societies are built based, based on, on based on these teachings from yeah. a higher power and you're like holy shit like i know what's right is right and wrong is wrong, wrong but is like wrong. still like but why like, am i following this why is it right yeah or why is it wrong? well it it, it then it be, all becomes very self-serving right yeah like i'm nice to this person because i want them to be nice to me yeah right and and, and maybe they're god-fearing person and i can not take advantage yeah. of that, but like leverage that and be like, hey, like, you know, assume that they're nice to me, even if it's not just because I'm nice to them. It's like yeah. to like self-serve and get get a place in heaven. And, and what also, about even the... if I knew like the answer to all of these questions, I cannot keep it in myself, like in my stomach. I would just. Like, yeah, you gossip a lot. Yeah, I would just gossip about this. But no, the, the thing is, right. But like, no that, one would believe me. That's the that, whole that's thing. That's the whole thing, right? Like, like you have this answer. No one's going to, no one's going to believe you. Like, like you said, the right? Society is built on a lot of this stuff. And. I mean, I mean, let's be real, right? We, pilgrims and all that stuff came to here, America, for religious freedom. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of expansion, all that kind of stuff, in the name of God, right? Yeah. The Crusades. But, like, um, guys, this is going to really fuck with my head. So, I'm just going to keep thinking about it. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
do we, do we have time for one more? No, no, I don't think so. Maybe we can save it for the next time. Okay, no worries. Well, guys, seventh episode in the books. One episode per day. If we have any new listeners, you have some content for every day of the week now. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining in, everyone. All right, see you guys. All right, look at the head.